Good morning, beautiful people. Yep, that was me and Dom. And we are here for the intro yeah. of Food for Thoughts. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, Ting's going to be here today. He's a little bit under the weather. He's chilling. So uh, we are here with the introduction of our very special guest, Dom. Yeah, so um, today we uh, sat, got to sit down and talk to um, our very own neighbor, uh, Nicole from Good Street. So she's been um, hustling and um, basically building like this uh, streetwear brand um, with her partner. Um, it's been going pretty strong now. I think they they moved in um, in our building like a year ago. Yeah, just just over year a year ago. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I guess it was just really interesting to sit down with her and see like what's going on behind the scenes with her. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting because yeah, Good Street obviously are you know very notorious and they uh, go a little bit under the radar when it comes to branding. Um, but it was awesome to get a sneak preview into you know. Good Street, the mind of Good Street, where they're at. Uh, we talk about business. We talk about persevering in business, um, the grind, fashion. And yeah, we get into a whole bunch of things. So yeah, we hope you guys enjoy this one. Sweet. You are now listening to Food for Thought. Food for Thought. Food for Thought. Brought to you by Flying Art Studios. Flying Art Studios. Okay, we are live. What's up, guys? Welcome to Food for Thought. Today, we have a very special guest, our neighbor Reno. Ladies and gentlemen, Nicole from Good Street. Mm, thanks for having me. Woo, woo. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the love of the crowd. How are you? I'm good. That's good. Street, how are you? Oh, <laughs> very nice. Stay with the button straight away. We're good, we're good, we're chilling, you know. Um, business as usual, it's a Monday, so it's cool to catch up. Um, you know, how's Good Street going? How's things? Um, I think we're at that stage where we're at the low point of the process. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to figure out where we can go from here. But yeah. I think we've opened up a new chapter, which we're really excited about. Nice. And once we confirm the details, then you guys will probably be the first to find it. Interesting. Ooh, interesting. Oh, something's in, uh, in the works. In the works. In the works. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Uh, what I'd like to know is, I guess, um, what what is what's your origin story? Like, where did Good Street come from? How did you guys start? Um, was it an idea when you were at uni or something, or were you always wanting to do a clothing brand? Like, how did how did Good Street come to be? This is kind of a long story, mm-hmm. but I'll try to cut it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I've always been a creative kid, and coming from an Asian family, you can't really do that. Not so mm. uh, I went into business for me, studying back in business, and I thought that was going to be my path, going through the business world. Um, didn't enjoy that, so I ended up failing a family subject due to watching Educates and Ballet. Hey, me too. <laughs> <laughs> like during that time, the fashion in Educates and Ballet probably hit me too. Um, along with me failing and kind of realizing like business ain't for me, like I'm not going to be able to do this. So I convinced my parents to let me drop out and let me do something creatively. And I had to convince them that you know, this could be a thing. So was that a hard conversation to have? Not really, because by that time, like, I was like, they could trust me as a kid. Um, mm. So it wasn't hard, it was just, 
I guess disappointing for them, but I just told them like, if you allow me to do something creative, then I'll come out the end and feel prepared for you because that's what it's all about. That's a ticket. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, went into fashion school, but also had to do the business side, and I think that's what convinced her to allow me to do that. It was a business and fashion degree, mm-hmm. so I still had that side. Um, the reason why I went to fashion, I had no idea. I think I just liked dressing up and styling, mm. but I didn't really design or anything like that. That was not sad. So, um, did fashion school, and then in year three, they let you do whatever you want. So you can do a fashion collection or create a business plan, and I went in that path of creating a business plan, and that was starting streetwear fashion brand mm. and it was always looked down on in fashion school because in fashion you always think like Chanel Dior that's what everyone was looking towards mm. and it was also always about pop culture and like high end fashion mm. and I was probably the only kid like I was the only kid doing streetwear mm. and studying streetwear and even from other students they were just like you know this isn't fashion you shouldn't be doing this you're not going to get anywhere the teachers also doubted me and I was like, well, like this I'm gonna make it. So I pushed through, did that, um, made a business plan and had it ready. And that's kind of how it all stemmed. Mm. Was it always a plan to uh, turn into a, an actual business after? I honestly thought that may as well. Mm-hmm. I've already done fucking work. Yeah, right. Yeah, not let it get away. So, yeah. Um, we started with a first brand that we never really launched. It was a completely different name and everything. And I say we, I think it's his partner named Michael. Shout out Michael. The reason why I put him on the team was because he had the business side. So I come with a I come from a family who have nothing to do with business. We don't have any experience. So I had no clue what I was doing. And I had nothing to reference or no one to reference. And his family's all about business. They had a business. And this is the same in Australia. So I thought it'd be good to have a new board. So that's why we worked together. Um, what was I saying? Nice. Um, turning into oh, a business? So we started with another business at the start. Mm. Just same story. So had that first one, never launched. I found a full time job and had this steady income. So I was like, I'm just going to go with this. Um, that company finally, not finally, eventually closed down, and so I had to go find another job. And I got to this point where I was like, what is the point of waiting for someone to give me an income? And why should I be relying on someone else to give me a job? Um, why wait on someone else? So I thought I'd just create my own job and do something mm. that I want to do and have that for myself for the rest of my life rather than relying on other people. So, and then we went on Bush Street. Um, How did you come up with the name? Was there like a moment where you're like, oh, it clicked, you know? It, it all happened in one day. Because after that time, I was at a really low point where I wasn't having income, I didn't have a job. I didn't want to do it. And I had this plan already for a streetwear brand. And I was like, it's going to happen eventually. Why not do it now? Like, whilst I'm young and I don't have any plans, I don't have kids, I don't have anything to hold me down. So yeah, we were like, let's just take this brand and business plan that we have and make it a thing. So we started brainstorming names in my bed, in our PJs. 
<laughs> you just wake up and you're like, I just fucking do it. Like, it's the end of the day. Mm. So start brainstorming and stuff. I think someone, one of us was like, what are we about? Like, we're going to do good. What is it? It's streetwear. But we had all these other names and then we just said good street. And we're like, oh, okay. Like, that kind of brings that kind of sounds good. What were the other possibilities? I honestly can't remember. I had a book somewhere. But, um, oh, bad street. <laughs> if I find it, then <laughs> And like, why why good spelled with uh, with a U? Because it's different. Mm. Um, also, it looks like a smiley face. So when you think good, you think smileys. And mm. the eyes also look like zeros. So we try to incorporate our brands to Straight culture, mm. not just straight Yeah, nice. So it's a, a plan of few things. But mainly this one. Cool. So do you bring that, like, um, different interests and different things that you love into the brand as well? Like, you're into yeah. streetwear, obviously, but you're also into cars as well? Yeah, I think um, what makes us different as a number showing brand is we are, we're both really heavily involved in the urban community which is um, drifting, mainly like beside me with dancing. And I'm really passionate about art. Like I genuinely love art. And I love that we live in Melbourne where street art is a thing. So mm. we try to get involved with that. Um, we would love to be more involved with like MCs and get to the roots of hip hop and make a street part of that. Mm. And when I say make it a part of that, it's like bringing the light to that world because as an outsider, we always, or they always see street kids as like bad kids or mm. people who are just running them up. Mm. But you know, we see them as people who are trying to fend for themselves in their own art. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we try to sponsor these events to say, well, we don't know what street people should be. We don't know what they can do. So, that's really cool. Um, so, Let's let's rewind back to like all right, cool. So you've got the name now. How did you go from you know having this business plan and having a name uh, to creating it like creating a real thing? You know what I mean? Like, where do you think that point was where you're like, all right, this is where it really is a real business now? Like, did you go out and get the ABN, or did you go out and make a design, or did you print the shirts first, or um, like what? Where do you feel like this uh, business? Uh, came from an idea to a legit business for you? I would say probably making designs first because mm-hmm. that's how I started um, in me. Like mm-hmm. everything was already drawn out, I already had samples made, it was just mm-hmm. a different brand name. Yeah. So once once we switched the brand name, it was just, yeah, we've got the designs, but actually, no, let me say, I think it's the origin. Once mm-hmm. we had the origin of the brand, yeah. And our story, that's where it started. And then uh-huh. we built on that. And obviously it came with designs and who inspired us. Um, so we had the picture there and our history there and our story there. And then obviously like making it legit was second because as long as we got our brand, like all that shit, we can do anyway. Mm. Yeah. When we had our story, that was when it was legit for us. Mm. And how did you feel about... Uh, I guess executing everything after in that those first like three months, um, how was it for you in terms of like the actions and just like you know going full force at it? Yeah, it happened really fast. Like once we put our hundred percent in it, um, we just planned the way that 
new business regardless. So organising our ABM, how our structure would work, what collections we need, what our base products are going to be, and how we're going to market. Because I think that's the most important thing is marketing because people mm. need to understand who you are. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if you bring out the coolest brand and people don't know who you are, they're not going to buy. So it was really important for us to bring out our story and that's mm. why we worked with Flying Out Films. Hey, yes. who are those um, guys? <laughs> to help us bring that image to everyone and mm. that storyline. So our first video with YouTube of your company um, really helped like enforce that story to everyone. Mm. Bad kids doing good things. That's one of my favorite videos. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That was fun. Yeah. And that was before we became neighbors as well. Yeah. Yeah. And when I when we were doing that video, and then we were like going through like the pops list, and then when you guys came on the day, you guys were super old man. You had this whole team with you. I was like, oh, these guys are serious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, these guys don't play. <laughs> you had your book of designs. Yeah, like, they were like, oh, okay, like, this is sick. Like you're really doing this. And I came up with this giant encyclopedia and just dropped it on the table. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna have to say it's changed a lot. From back then like I was really organized and I had all these I think goals and different collections I wanted to build for Good Street but again like as a new business owner I was so ambitious and I was so naive like I thought I could do everything but now being in I'm like okay it's just one step at a time mm -hmm. so I think that's fair enough though because it's like before it's a, like a business it's like you have all this prep time like you're mm -hmm. working behind the scenes nobody knows what's going on and then it's like you only get one premiere, yeah. and then after that, it's on game on. You know, yeah. so yeah. You also have a vision as well, and like um, it's cool because like yeah, whenever you start a business, like all right, this is my vision for it. It's so clear in your head. You're like, ah, oh, it's gonna be like this. Like everyone's gonna love it. This kind of thing, and we're gonna sell heaps. And then you put it out there into the real world, and then the real world doesn't lie. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you see who actually fucks with it, who does it, how it actually does um, on paper, and the numbers. You're like, damn, like. Maybe I need to do more work, or like maybe I need to change this, or this doesn't work, or this mm. does work. But in your mind, it works. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So um, I felt like we experienced a little bit of that yesterday when we were talking about like the show putting on Blueprint. Um, shout out uh, Blueprint and Project Humble. Um, and like when you're putting on an event, you're like, oh man, we're gonna get all these people there, and then you <coughs> talk about it, or like you tell people uh, what you have in mind, and then as you're telling them, you can kind of gauge whether or not people are going to come or people actually yeah. are on the same page as you so i feel like um that's good that you you know you realized that you had all these like dreams and ambitions but then you actually did the work yeah. you put it to action and now you're like mm, okay this works this doesn't work and that kind of thing i feel like a lot of um, potential business owners are fearful of that they're mm -hmm. afraid of the game yeah i think they're afraid of the feedback they're afraid of people what, what they're going to say mm -hmm. and like if you think about it like what if that's how like Abby Dassler felt. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't want to. I don't wanna make this. I don't want to. Like, I'm worried what people are gonna think of my yeah, shoes. Right. Like, this whole empire wouldn't exist, you know. And like, um, business owners that, like, people that want to do business that are listening to this, they, like, they could have the best business idea, just holding onto it, and like, we could be, we could all be missing out on it. Yeah. So, yeah. I think with us, we're less fearful and more. Our mindset is more. We can't please everyone. Like not everyone can like this. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's a different brand for everyone. Yeah, especially in fashion, it's very subjective as well. Yeah, so there's always going to be one person that. Likes it. Mm.
That's cool. So how do you how do you go about that in terms of creating um, and you know putting out designs and that kind of thing? Like, do you feel like uh, like you have like a I guess uh, formula for how you work uh, and what designs you will put out and what you won't put out? Uh, so at the start when I was in uni, I created the way that a fashion house would create, which is gaining inspiration from the past and looking at trends, so trend reports, and then merging the two and then creating collections from there. Mm. So very traditional. Yeah. And that works for fashion houses and stuff. But because streetwear is so new, it's hard to know where to gain inspiration. You can still gain inspiration from the past. It does help a lot, but um, to be unique and stay on brand, I think the inspiration still has to come from your story and what mm. you have to offer. Yeah. So the collections we come out with, now we put more thought into like what we're going to create. Mm. Um, of course, we always have our base range, so our core range that we'll always have in stock. And the collections that we come out with yearly, um, so our mini collections, we'll think of why we want to create them. Yeah, and. Um, have a story behind it rather than saying like this is based upon this designer from back then or whatever. Mm. So yeah, I think a lot of inspiration comes from things I watch, um, things I see online, still trend reporting. And then I'll sketch a few things up or like I'll have a collection image in my head. Um, and then kind of go from there and then draw out whatever I think we'll use. Cool. I have a little question that I want to ask you. Um, what do you think the feeling is? Like, what, why do people like to wear fresh clothes? Like, what is it about it? Like, and streetwear and like kicks and stuff like that. Why, why do people love clothes? I think a lot of it has to do with status. Hmm. And like, if you take it back, sneakers was a thing of status. Like, you had money. Mm. If you had that sneaker, mm. I mean, like you look fresh. It's like a video thing, and especially with social media these days, everyone just wears shit to flex. Mm. Um, like the outfits might not be cool, but you're just putting brand on brand on each other, and, and just because you have those brands and wearing those brands, like you're rich and you live this lifestyle, and people just kind of do that. Mm. I, I feel like part of it as well is like a community thing. Like if you see someone rocking the same kicks that you like, it's like, oh, that's a like-minded person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's also that, but I also see the other side as well. Yeah. So, I also see the creative side as well, I think, um, where um, as an artist, you could see fashion as an outlet for expression. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like when you see someone you can you can easily like just identify what that person's personality is like by what they're wearing you know what i mean yeah for example if you saw someone in a suit versus someone wearing like street clothes and like sneakers like you can automatically be all right i think i get a vibe for what these two people are like yeah um and that's, i don't know if, i don't know about you guys but for me like i feel like if i'm wearing something it's kind of like how i'm feeling sometimes right yeah, yeah. if i'm wearing like a hoodie and trackies i'm feeling like kind of chill you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. but if i'm in like a business shirt then i'm like oh maybe i want to like hustle today i want to work yeah. um and i don't know i feel like when i'm wearing something um i think dancers feel this a lot as well like when you feel when you're wearing something fresh you feel like you dance yeah. better i don't know yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so i don't know for me i feel like 
of clothing and stuff. I think it's a uniform effect. Like, yeah. You see someone in a police uniform, you're like, freak the fuck out. Mm. Well, I freak the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. But like, if somebody, like that same person were wearing something else, you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. You that's recognize true. That and it's like, yeah. it's a visual thing. There's a stigma behind it is a stigma. whatever you wear. Yeah. yeah. I think streetwear tells people that you're chill, mm. you know, and you can yeah. kick it and you're like a certain type of music. Mm. Oh. It also is like, um, I feel like you can rep um, whatever it is you want to rep as well. So when you, it might be like an ego thing in terms of branding, like, oh, cool, like I'm wearing Gucci, like I'm flexing like that. Mm. Or if like, you know, you're wearing like, um, like a like a good street uh, shirt and like maybe you just want to rep like the community and you mm. want to rep what they stand for. Mm. Um, I feel like it's, <coughs> yeah, it's super cool with like fashion or like, like your mates, like uh, like Jam on Toast, for example, mm-hmm. and they just make shirts just for the sake of making shirts. But you want to rep what they're doing and you want to show them support. Mm. But you might not be going to the jams. Um, so I feel like clothing is a way for you to kind of support them as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny you say that because like um, I bought this Carhartt shirt because I'm like, oh yeah, B-Boys wear Carhartt. You mm. know what I mean? Like, right. I walked into a Carhartt so I was like, oh yeah, B-Boys go to shop here. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> I want to rep like, the B-Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was like, yeah, I want to be more into this culture like because when i'm like when you're walking around like shops and stuff like that so i want to go to stores that like inspire me to do what i love to do kind mm-hmm. of thing so yeah. it's like oh, i'll go to this store because that's really cool way of thinking about like fashion for me is always a way to express so that's mm-hmm. a, an extension of your body mm-hmm. um and it didn't have to be your personality like you mm-hmm. could be the shyest person but wear something loud Mm. So it didn't have to represent you. Because I know a friend who wears suits daily, but he's like streetwear as fuck. Right. So you never can judge a person by what they wear. Right. So yeah, for me, it was always an extension of your body and creating a story. So not necessarily, not necessarily who you are. Mm. But yeah, it's cool to think that that's the way you guys are. Yeah. I think at one point I thought, oh, um, I'll wear dull colors and I'll make up for the color of my personality, <laughs> you know, like I'll just wear black, but everything else will be colorful, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a contrast, yeah, yeah. But I think, like, we wear a lot of black, but we're very colorful people, mm. yeah. yeah. I think black's just easy to wear, yeah. 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 I feel like safe, it's like you know, I'll just wear black, and it's just that's it is what it is, kind of thing. You know, that's such a novel thing, is it? We're so monochrome here, like, it's so hard to do mm. colors here, I mean, right? Not until recently, but. At the start, it was so hard to do colors and be exploited because people were so scared yeah. to wear anything apart from black. Yeah, that's true. Where do you draw your inspiration from? Like, I, I can imagine that you could sit down at a cafe and people watch, and then you could just like figure out trends like that. But what else do you do for like inspiration or like to find those trends? Um, I'd go back to the roots of streetwear mm. and. Just search on history and see what they do, what they're doing. I do people watch, I do Instagram stalk, I see <laughs> what's the trends and what could possibly be a trend. And it could be from the small influencer, so see what they were in, and work on there. I mean, we have a lot of goals and like we want to develop a lot of things, but it's always a catch issue. But, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of projects in the works, but yeah. Mm. How are you finding? Uh... I guess, how long has it been now? Is it two two years? One year? I think it's two years. Two, in two years in April. All right. Nice. Um, 
what do you think has been your biggest lesson in terms of business and cash flow and like finances in terms of starting up a business? Because I know the start is always the hardest. Um, and you know, sometimes like most businesses fail in the first three years, mm-hmm. uh, or even the first year. Yeah. Um, so you're still here, um, especially in fashion, because I know it's super hard. Uh, what do you think has been your biggest lesson in terms of um, business growth?
a brand grow because yeah, I get it. It's super hard. Yeah. Mm. And fashion during the show is really hard as well. Because mm. it's not one of the biggest things. Like, people don't really care. Not care. It's just not something they put them on as well. Do you feel like it's growing though? I know the sneaker culture is like super growing in um, Melbourne. Yeah, it's growing, but it's underground. Mm. So we just call it like that's what keeps it. Um, yeah. But you know, the popularity here. Oh, sorry, not popularity. Population here is so small. So mm. I was just talking about. Yeah. Have you thought to um, sell internationally as well, or are your plans to kind of like stay rooted in Melbourne first and then kind of go from there? Yeah, we want to stay rooted in Melbourne first and then make sure we're doing a profit rather than oh. spreading our brand everywhere and not doing that. Yeah. Um, we still need to be secure about ourselves. We're still new, so we need to figure yeah. out who we will be overseas. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious because I know a lot of people probably ask the same question. But, um, you know, when you're starting a business, because I sometimes, like, go through this as well. Um, you know, when you're going through problems, because there's always problems and there's always, like, fallbacks and there's, like, up, up days when the business is, like, doing awesome mm -hmm. and then there's, like, down days when you're, like, fuck. Like, this is fucking hard. What do you tell yourself on those days where it's, like, you know, things might not be going your way in terms of the business of what you plan? Mm -hmm. um, what gets you over the line, like, to keep going? Like, what gives you that resilience to push forward and continue versus quitting and getting a regular job at Safeway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Woolworths. <laughs> um, thinking logically, mm -hmm. um, saying that there's more time than I think, rather than mm. giving myself time. Well, I still have a timeline, but you can always go over that. Like that timeline is set by me. So if it doesn't reach that timeline, I still have more time to fix it. Um, what makes me not give up is not having to work for someone. Mm. And I have thought about quitting, to be honest. I have thought about quitting a lot. And then I think about having to apply for a job and then going to an interview. Doing an interview. How much of a smart ass I would be for that interview? Like, yeah. why do you want this job? Oh, because you need money. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah. And just having to work under someone that I'm not passionate about. Like, I can't see myself doing something for the rest of my life that I don't care about. Like, mm, right. I'm just going to neck myself being there. So I'd rather just be necking myself doing what I want. Yeah. You know, like, at least I'm still loving it. Yeah, like, I might be crying. <laughs> I totally get you on that. Yeah. yeah. It was like, I don't know, yeah, when you love something or you're passionate about something, um, it's easier to handle the blows. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, if you don't actually enjoy it, it's like, what the fuck am I doing this anyway? Yeah. I don't have to do this. Yeah. Like, I hear some of my friends complain about their work jobs all the time. And I'm like, is this really a stress in your life? Mm. Is this something you're going to lose sleep over? Because you're working for someone else. Like, it's not your baby. As much as you have a deadline, like, don't lose your life over it. Mm. Like, you shouldn't be stressing on someone else. Um, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Especially if that's not your career path. If it's your career path, then fair enough. Mm. Um, work towards that. But if it's a job, in comparison to a, a career, like, if it's just a job and you're only there temporarily, like, why stress over that? Mm. Like, you'd rather stress over something else that you can build on On my older days, I usually think about other businesses so good street does serve as a reference for me in the way that it's like 
we're in the same building and we are all hustling, you know, and I kind of feel like, oh, we're, we're a different kind of people, you know, we're, we're a different species, you know, we're, we're the ones that are like going against the grain and just like trying to hustle our way out of society's expectation, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I think it's always good to have friends in business and always like use that as a reference, like, oh, they're still going, let's hustle mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. you know, and just work hard and just collaborate and just grow, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely helps a lot as well, because when I first started, I had friends who went through the normal disability thing. They get a job, yeah. they work their hours, and they save up for a house, and that's their life. And I never really had friends who were entrepreneurs, um, so it was like hard thinking that you know they they're on this timeline that you always hear about. You're 25, you married, kids, house. But it's nice being surrounded by people who are also hustling for something other than that life. Mm, and yeah. that's what keeps you going as well. Yeah. Like, I, I think about that and I was like, oh, I want a house too, but I don't want it with the money made from someone else's exactly. baby. You know, it's, yeah. it's going to be so much more rewarding when I'm in a small little shack that we built with our own money and, mm. you know, like with our own ideas. And, you know, I think that would be so much more rewarding and that home would be so much more cozy. In a home that's built from accounting money, no, no hate to, towards accounting. Look, at the end of the day, I feel like we have an opportunity um, to even like. There's no cap on how much money we can make. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. When you run your own business, like you set your own salary, you set your own goals, you set your own financial goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like uh, it's like a high risk, high reward kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's like it might be a lot harder. But the benefits are a lot bigger. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's the cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is like, I feel like time, um, when you value time over money, um, life just becomes better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, at the end of the day, like you ain't in control of your own time and you get to do whatever you want and however hours you want to put in a day, like you put it in and then you get to see the return straight away yeah. as well. You're like, damn, like, like these hours that I worked, like, you know, maybe I did 14 hours, maybe I did three, but whatever it is, like, you reap the benefits from what um, you sow. So it's like, when you're at like a normal nine to five, uh, I don't know, I remember when I was at Adidas, for example, <laughs> you know, you do like those eight hours, whatever, you make a couple of sales, but then it's like, what did I really do today? You yeah. know what I mean? You come home and be like, I didn't really do anything. Like, I yeah. talked to some customers, <clears throat> like, that was all right, but didn't really build anything. <laughs> Whereas now it's like, but like when I come home, I'm like, man, I'm building a dream. Like I'm building something. Like it's like serving a purpose for like not just me, but for the community and for like um, my clients and that kind of thing. So yeah, I think it's really cool that you know there's other people like us that are doing this because it, I understand it's not the easy route, mm-hmm. but also um, I feel like it's a way better route. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> I think it's super yeah. dope. Yeah, for your future and lifestyle, it's definitely the better. Even though you're struggling so hard now, we're still young, there's so much life. Exactly. And I think we're all working towards that mm. future. Yeah. yeah, it's a marathon. Definitely. Yeah. I think what I love as well is like bringing people to the studio and like mm-hmm. showing them like this is our home. Yeah. Thing, you know, like, like we built this. We didn't have to ask someone if we were allowed to borrow the keys to go in here for mm. like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, just having an environment or a space where people can be creative as well and yeah. people can. I guess like experience what we're experiencing. Maybe they're not, you know, the type to do what we're doing as well, but they can still 
like see what we're doing and still be a part of it you know what i mean mm-hmm. like um we're still being able to like share that experience with them mm-hmm. um well yeah because like i guess everyone's not cut from the same cloth but it's mm-hmm. cool to be able to share with them and i feel like when we share with them they're like oh man that's why they're like so supportive because like sometimes people want to do it but they don't really want to do it you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah yeah so um i think it's cool that you know yeah we can take people here or we might throw a party and people come through and still experience it as well yeah, yeah. speaking of parties <laughs> we can throw a party get in trouble <laughs> three two three block party i haven't been getting a lot of questions about it and i have been chatting to Guiana about it too but like we need to do another little catch-up um yeah i think it's about time because that was that was special, I think, mm-hmm. um, in terms of bringing like musicians and dancers and artists and yeah. uh, just like the elements of hip hop together. Mm-hmm. It's everything that we always talk about, you yeah. know, and it's just like, this is it, you know? Yeah, and it was so authentic because like at the end of the day, we just wanted to throw a party. It was legit just a block party. Yeah, yeah. well, that's how hip hop started, so, yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. it's authentic. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we got told off by our neighbors. <laughs> yeah. We just have yeah. to make it bigger at another venue. Yeah, definitely. But I'm glad we still did it. Yeah. Because I think sometimes, like when you go into something, you know that you're probably going to get in trouble for it. Yeah. But it's more about like weighing up um, the, I guess, the cost benefit of us getting in trouble and everyone having an amazing time. And like at the end of the day, we're not really like hurting anyone or anything like that it's a party so mm-hmm. i guess it's like the, it comes with the risk obviously but i think um the benefits definitely outweigh the risk on that one so yeah. it was not the worst thing in the world <laughs> there are a lot of worse things in the world no one will hurt so mm. i feel like that's how it was going yeah. i think we do that a lot with filming as well yeah you know, sometimes like you know, you're not allowed to film in a shopping center. It's like, come on, man. Like, all that time we filmed at a railway track. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was probably really dangerous. <laughs> yeah, that was dangerous. But good content. It was yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, well, do it for the shot. Do it for the shot. <laughs> cool. Um, well, what advice would you give to someone who's maybe wanting to start uh, a clothing business uh, or wants to get into the fashion game? Because I feel like there are a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs out there, a lot of creatives, a lot of young kids that, you know, I feel like everyone has gone through that stage where they're like, I want to start a clothing brand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 No, I have met a few people who have tried to get along with the strategy. My advice is to do your research and work hard because things aren't going to be handed to you so far. Mm. Um, and have the mindset for it. Like, if you're not strong in your mind, then don't go into business and trade up. Because mm-hmm. it's not easy. Trade wear is easy. Fashion isn't easy. Um, yeah, my advice is to have a strong foundation, do your research, and. Do you think there are ways to strengthen your mind in terms of business? Um, Some people are naturally built for it, mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. people just have to know. Foundations of business properly, yeah. And you know, how to work with them, and stuff like that. Mm. How to strengthen it, have people around you who are going to support you properly. Uh, did you constructive criticism, 
feedback and advice if you want to do so. You can find someone or a mentor to assist you. Mm -hmm. And constantly do research. Not just fashion research, but business research. Do you have any brands that you kind of look up to or, um, or you know, designers that you look for inspiration or like any sites or websites that you, you know, love looking at for research? Uh, yeah, in uni I used to look at House Society and um, yeah. Hi Beast. Hi Beast, yeah. And magazines mm. as well. In terms of brands, the classic pop, huh. nice. Um, Supreme, mm. Supreme mainly for their marketing, because uh, their marketing style, style is really cool. They work on real marketing, which is really hard to do here, but um, you look at Supreme marketing for inspiration. That's really cool. Mm. Um, I, I was just going to say, there's this one section of Melbourne near Crown that still has a good street poster on the wall. <laughs> and I'm like, when is that going to get taken down? It's oh, just in like a perfect little spot on the side that nobody can fuck moving on or anything. <laughs> uh, it's like when you turn onto Kingsway. Oh, yeah, so from, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, when we first started the stickers on, we just went, oh, those boys went here. Yeah. And Whose idea was that? What was that experience like? First, my market idea again that inspiration came from Supreme's real marketing strategy, and it was like uh, you can't just do social media advertising. What else can you do? Look on Melbourne, do the street. Let's go stick it on because that's how it was done. Let's go post it on because that's how it was done back in the day when social media was around. And yeah, I think it was just set up right and went all over the city. We got some backlash from mad artists. Oh, really? That was when our, so I think what happened was we put a poster over someone's artwork, like straight artwork, I think. Yeah. And so they ripped our poster off and then stuck it. Oh, the so you found that it was an artist? No, it is. I didn't find that. But you found that that was the original. Oh, right. Wow. So we got it put down. And then what, did you, what did you do with that? Um, <laughs> with that, um, we created a t shirt over that. That's the Solid. <laughs> yeah, solid. And then uh, yeah, with the profits on that t-shirt, we just put it to charity, so. Oh, awesome. Nice. Yeah, yes. I guess that's how you um, deal with uh, your problems. Um, you know, you can either you know, let it affect you in a negative way, or you can turn it into, you know, an opportunity. Because you put a um, poster on his artwork, money was given to charity. Essentially, so yeah. it feels a good thing. <laughs> At the end of the story, it's a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Just, yeah, that's like inspiration. We have so many inspirations. Still see what's one of them. I can name heaps, but they're not coming to mind. Yeah, that's cool. Where Where are you guys looking to go? Like, what's the future of Good Street look like? Um, it's changing constantly, but when we first started, I thought it was going to be loud online business and we could just chill in the because that's where fashion was going. Mm -hmm. like, it was all going to be virtual. Mm -hmm. That's what the status reports were. And it was all about fast fashion. So when Zara and Asian came to Australia, that's, that's what the hype was. So fast fashion was a thing, but then creation was also that um, ego 
was coming up, so I knew that maybe plants that shouldn't die. And out of one, I was thinking about slow fashion because of landfill. Mm-hmm. So um, I think now for the street, we're going to think more about our quality and the emotional side of products. Mm-hmm. So people actually mm-hmm. have a connection to buy stuff and keep it rather than how it did it when they were for the six months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm um, thinking more about our collections properly as well as branching out into things that I'd love to learn, which we can learn in the future. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. But yeah, I think we're going to store them and just keep building here in Melbourne. Maybe expand into Scott and then eventually overseas. Mm. Yeah, I think we're going to go off on that. It's a bit hard. I mean, it's not hard, it's easy. It's the easiest way to get into this. But now that we're like, up and running, we're seeing more interactions and we're yeah, that's cool. You know, like you're you're growing and you're understanding what works and what doesn't work. Like, okay, cool. You do it like that trial and error. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, it's awesome to see you like, okay, cool, like this is where we're at and this is mm-hmm. how it's gonna work in the future after, you know, two years, almost two years. Um and it's almost Christmas as well. So I know that's a busy time for retail mm-hmm. and it gets hectic. So yeah. Um I don't know, I want to wish you guys all the best because uh, I feel like sometimes we get to like, we hang out and stuff, but we don't really get to sit down and talk as much, especially because we're both running businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see each other in the dancing and we say, hey, and that kind of stuff. But sometimes it's good to just be like, you know what, you guys are doing really well. And mm-hmm. uh, it's cool to see you guys hustling because we see it uh, on the regular and see you guys coming in and now, you're doing your thing. Um, yeah, because when we're at the dance and we feel like we're hustling, we see you guys there too. You know, so it's like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but yeah, I totally feel you on like, um, because I feel like we're still young as well, and like we're still babies in this whole business game, mm-hmm. and especially as creatives, like, um, there's not really any people sometimes that you can talk to that are doing the same kind of thing, um, because yeah, business is a is a tough ball game, and uh, it's definitely like a, a marathon, and I feel mm-hmm. like yeah, because we're both in our early days. Uh, people might look at it and be like, yo, like you guys are killing it, you guys are so successful. It's like, well, actually, like, um, there's a long way to go and there's a lot of work yeah. to be done. But um, at the end of the day, like, we get to do what we do, we get to do what we love. So yeah. I guess that's the main thing. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel you on that one. I think I like to think of it in a bigger picture and like take pride in this timestamp and like, oh, we're going to look back at this yeah. in five more years of business and be like, we had no idea. Yeah, it was <laughs> the struggle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're like, yeah, this is actually the cool part. Like, yeah. it might even be like shit up when you're, you know, doing really well and you're, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. some of you don't appreciate as much yeah. uh, where you're at. So, yeah. yeah. I think it's another thing to keep you going, just think like, in two years, this is going to be a big problem. Yeah. Just keep exactly. Yeah. I remember our very first year when we were just eating like, Migraing and shit, and migraine yes. and tuna. <laughs> yeah, whiskey. Oh, yeah, whiskey. Is that all the popcorn that's still in there? Yeah, yeah, probably. We upgraded to tuna. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, Where can people find you? Yes. You can find us on our website, goodstreetgudstofficial.com, and on our Instagram, again, goodstreetofficial, and Facebook, goodstreetofficial. 
Nice. And, uh, and any... YouTube, but we don't really use YouTube. Oh. Yes. Or... Subscribe anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and anything to look out for? Are you guys going to any new collections coming on the horizon? Or am I not allowed to hear about it? Can we get an exclusive? Or no? um, <laughs> something's in the works. Something's in the works? Oh. We're releasing it. We cut it there. <laughs> <laughs> We're releasing it on. Wow. What a great podcast that was. <laughs> <laughs> so we say that every time yeah but it was it was it was a very good chat i said I w- it was like at least three times there yes you did but if you did enjoy it what should you do dom um don't forget to um leave us a five-star review um also don't forget to subscribe and if you really liked it you know just share it with your friends yeah uh, we hope you guys get a lot out of this and um yeah at the end of the day it's a little bit of food for thought nice <laughs>